From Vistio, this is recorded for Quality Assurance. A show where we talk to the world's leading CX experts about industry trends, CX technology, and transforming customer support into a streamlined strategic advantage for your business. Well, hello and welcome to the very first Valentine's Day edition of CXQA Live, the home of the agent-centric contact center philosophy. We talk about this every week. The idea is basically that agents with the right training tools and connection with your company are going to be a revenue growth and protection center for your business or brand. They're going to be the best diagnostic tool that you have for your business. They're going to ensure that your customers are satisfied and connected. They're going to produce more and better work, and they're going to want to stay and contribute to the long-term success of your company. Now, today, we have joining us on the show Susie Earhart, a 20-plus year veteran in customer experience management. Susie is currently a practice manager at MCorp CX, where she helps organizations design intentional experiences for their customers. Susie, we're so very glad that you could join us today, and I would love if you would just start off by telling us a little bit more about you MCorp CX and what you love about your role there. That's great. Rob, thanks so much for inviting me, especially today. Um, I, I tell people I always think Valentine's Day is one of these cheesy holidays that the greeting card people came up with. And I appreciate you making it something I hope will be very meaningful for the listeners today. Um, I grew up in contact centers. I started my career managing the technology and then went into operations. And the reasons I loved contact centers was because we could solve problems. I love solving problems. And I found that you need people, you need processes, you need technologies, all those things help fix the problems. And when they work together, the people, process, technology are all lined up, it works really great. But what I found is I had to shift my career to customer experience. And the reason was, is that after many years of working in the contact center, I found that every problem rolled downhill and landed in the contact center. And for those of you who are there, I'm sure you know it, right? Everything that is wrong is wrong because the contact center is doing it wrong. And actually, that when I was hired into one of my jobs, that's exactly what they told me. They said, we need you because the contact center is so messed up. It's every problem that is created in our company is from the contact center. And it took me less than a month to figure out it was the fact that we had sold something that we weren't delivering or we'd promised something that we couldn't act upon or the systems weren't right. There were all these things and we landed in the contact center trying to fix it. And so now by being a part of customer experience, I look at the holistic thing. I work with marketing, legal, human resources, IT, and the customer service teams. And we all work together to create a great experience. And that's why I love my job at MCorp CX, because we're working with all parts of companies to create a great experience. And um, we have people who are really committed to doing things better for their employees and their customers. That's really good stuff. I, I would just say, honestly, when we think about the story that you just told about your own career and the perspective that comes from it, that's why we like to focus on the agent, because really, the agent is not the cause in, in most cases of what shows up in the negative numbers that the, the agents are reflected upon. A lot of times it's business issues that are, as you said, rolling downhill and ending up in the contact center and reflecting on the agent. So um, I love the way that that you articulated your own narrative there and how it connects to the why that we have here on the show. It's really a good connection for why I'm so happy you're here. And on today's show, 
we're specifically kind of playing off of the day that it is right on the on the Western calendar being Valentine's Day and talking about how we want to show some agents some love, right? Agents that are, you know, really on the front lines. They're the ones that are yeah. that are dealing with the heavy lifting of the business issues with the customers themselves. And they're such a critical component of CX. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for me, contact center agents are really creative, determined people. If I ever want to figure out how something works or breaks, that's who I get a hold of. For those of you who are a little older, you might remember MacGyver. For those of you who are younger, you probably remember MacGruber on Saturday Night Live. But that to me is a contact center agent. They're given the most complex problems, mazes, and there's a stress associated with it. And they have to figure out how to diffuse that puzzle in a really short period of time. And they don't always have all the tools. They have to pull out the bubble gum and wire and make it figure out. And that's, again, why I think showing love to contact center agents is so important because they're out there creating solutions that a lot of times we don't expect. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and the goal of today's show really is to make the connection right between, you know, we kind of all recognize on some level in CX that the agent is so important. Um, but it's an opportunity for us today to take a pause and think about ways that we can really invest in those agents and encourage agents to invest in themselves. Right. And we use the, love yeah. theme, you know, and there, this is such an enormous topic. And I feel like I say this a lot of weeks because we tackle big topics and there's so many ways we could go with it. And yet we really try to honor the half an hour time block because we want people to feel like they can commit to this without their entire morning or afternoon, depending on where you are, evening, you know, being eaten up by it, but also because it keeps us focused. Right. And so what we're going to try to do is kind of talk about three key areas that agents can be shown some love. And the goal here is to not just have fluff and make everybody sing kumbaya, but to drive better business outcomes through increased satisfaction, longer term mindsets, and greater investment on the part of the agent, right? And ultimately, that's good for the agent as well as the company and ultimately the customer. So we talk about this in a lot of different ways, a lot of different times, but what we're going to focus on is three key areas. One is helping to provide agents a doable job. One is to focus on providing rewarding reinforcements, and the other is to have a mentoring mindset. So let's talk about the doable job first, Susie. Yeah, a doable job was a term that I adopted from one of my leaders about 15 years ago. And it's basically the idea of, are we equipping the people who work for us? And this is not just a context center agent discussion, but usually it falls on their shoulders quite extensively. Are we equipping them with the tools, the knowledge, the support systems, everything they need to do their job? And one of the greatest examples I have of this is when I worked for a firm, I was asked to redesign the platform that the agents used. And we brought in a bunch of agents, had them work with the IT people and figure out how the process should flow in the new platform. And when we were done, what happened is many of you probably do quartiles, right? You have your top agents, your middle, and then your bottom quartile agents. Our fourth quartile agents ended up improving their stats to be not only better than the first quartile agents, but like 25% better than the first quartile agents. Mm. And the reason behind that really had to do with the fact that we allowed the agents to focus on the conversation. 
The old platform was very focused on, I have to do this, I have to do this, and I'm trying to think and talk. And and in that particular situation, customers were very frustrated because they were dealing with a loss. It was an insurance firm. And you know they, they wanted to know how quickly could this be fixed and resolved. So I'm trying to be empathetic, but I'm typing frantically on my keyboard. That's not a doable job to be emotionally connected and have to run the system. So that's my example. It's a really good example. And I think about some of these dynamics that agents face that maybe don't show up in a business case, right? So if you're an executive and you never actually sit with an agent, but you're supposed to manage from a P&L standpoint, the, the contact center, yeah. and you don't understand what the agent is actually trying to do and you get a negative CSAT you know, pattern and, and the AHT or whatever the metrics are that are really driving decisions are not reflecting positive trends. And you've never even sat through a call with an agent to understand what's going on. You have no way of really understanding what's driving those metrics, right? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, that gives me another great example. I first week on the job with one company, I sat with the agents and talking about an undoable job, right? Calls are in queue all day long. Queue's never clear. And sitting with the agents, I suddenly realized after every call, we had after call work time scheduled. 30 seconds of after-call work time after every call. And I would say only 20% of our calls required after-call work time. Hmm. And so what happened was, is we were literally taking the agent's breaks in 30 seconds after every call, rather than throwing them the calls right away based on call type. And then all of a sudden our queues cleared and people could actually take breaks and didn't feel guilty walking away with the 10 minute queue. That's powerful, right? And and just as, as an aside, I would love for any of our guests to add any thoughts or ideas. If you have questions, just throw them in the chat and, and we'll definitely include that in our time here. That's This is meant to be much more of a dialogue than anything else. Um, but you know, just the power of understanding what's actually happening on the ground level and actually seeing what operations are like from the perspective of those that are carrying them out in any business context makes an enormous difference and represents a powerful opportunity to improve the business outcomes, right? So so yeah. just, let's just talk about the psychological aspect of never clearing the queue. It's never done. You're never at a point where you feel like you've even accomplished something that you can measure. And it was something small, a small tweak that came from just observing and taking information you already had and connecting that with the observations that you make and, and providing the sense of a doable job something that's not constantly defeating to that agent. Right. And, yeah. and and so I think that's a really powerful example. And the second thing we talked about, and this could be very well connected, right. To, to seeing something go well in the contact center is rewarding reinforcement. Can you define that for us? Yeah. You know, I think about, there's a lot of ways to reward folks in the, in the contact center. And we usually think of rewarding our top performers because, Hey, you know, they did a great job. Let's give them a bonus. But sometimes we forget that rewards reward all sorts of different things, right? So if you have people who have made a little bit of progress and they're early on in their career, are you rewarding them, mm -hmm. right? If you have somebody who stepped away and went and helped another peer through a very complex call, yes, they didn't take a call, but guess what? That other one didn't get escalated to someplace else. Or if you had an agent come forward and say, I have gotten 15 calls today about this promotion code not working in our system, mm. right? 
why wait till the end of the day to have that figured out? If they show up at lunchtime and can help you fix that, those to me are what I call reinforce, reinforcing rewards. Reinforcing rewards, easier to say. <laughs> um, think about the values, think about the goals, think about the drivers. If retention is something that you want, then don't disreward your new hires for learning. Mm-hmm. When they come forward and say the course didn't cover everything and I feel frustrated because I can't handle these three call types, that should be something we reward them for. So mm-hmm. those are the types of things I think of. And it could be anything um, from taking them off the phones and having them participate in focus groups or with the marketing team as they design you know, promotions and you know, what do customers love about our products? What do customers hate about our products? Who knows that the most? The people who are getting the calls at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just those types of things. I'm sure you have other ideas, Rob. Well, I'm just thinking about sort of the caricature reward of the pizza party, right? And and how tone deaf that often is to say, you know, maybe maybe there's a sense that morale isn't great, or maybe it's one of those days where it's expected that there'll be some kind of team lunch. And there's this, well, just order pizza. It'll make everything better. And and that's the opposite of what we're talking about here. We're talking about actually engaging people with the work that they are bringing value in and rewarding that through maybe not even just like a tangible thing. It might not even be something uh, that you can put in their hand. Maybe it's like you were saying, giving them a place in improving or growing some aspect of the company as a recognition of how good their thinking is and how great their work is and about the value of the role that they have in the company. And so maybe it is something as simple as, Hey, when we uh, connect these dots or we do this one thing, there, there will be these rewards or there's a, a fun little competition on performance metrics or, you know, whatever. And, and, and there's a reward attached to that. Maybe it is something like that, but yeah. I would just say, you know, ultimately be aware of what is actually going to connect with the deeper why of the employee of the agent and kind of move them from that. I'm just trying to get through work today kind of mindset to seeing, Hey, my work is valued and what I'm doing is seen. And I'm glad I'm at work today because I'm making a difference because really at the core, we all want to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, even little things like rewarding folks. So we heard that call. It was a really, really tough call. Mm -hmm. Go take a five minute walk. Absolutely. Right. It's the little things. And I was laughing at the cultural bandaid of pizza. You know, if you're a healthcare company or a company that's really trying to focus on, you know, bettering people's physical environments and you serve them pizza, what what message are you sending? Slight disconnect, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think whatever we do in, in organizations when we're leading people, it's about understanding those people. And it's about understanding what motivates them and what drives them and making sure that we're being consistent in the way that we connect all of those dots. And I, the people that lead the best are the people who listen the most and are most interested in understanding and showing to the people that work with them and for them that they matter and that their work matters. And that, yeah, you can create a program to scale that, but the program itself isn't going to be what shows people that they matter. It's it's going to be something that people sense through the way that they're treated and the way that their work is highlighted when it's really positive and connects to the larger shared mission. 
right? And and that's something that um, leaders often miss because they're looking for something just to rubber stamp. And you know, we we did this this year and be able to report out on it rather than what is really tangible to the people that are on the front lines. So, I think I think it's something that requires a little bit more intuitive and relational engagement than it is often seen. And that would be my encouragement to leaders who are looking to grow and to show agents some love is get to know them. And I honestly feel like every single episode we say, leaders, get to know your agents. Leaders, sit with your agents in calls. Get to know what motivates them. It may be the single biggest theme of the show you know, so far since we've started in July. You know, that's where I think team leads and supervisors have the most power because they're not just getting to know the team, they're getting to know every individual within the team. And, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned this idea of mentoring and career mindset is our third topic. Yes. You know, for me, that's probably the hardest part is that when you have hundreds of people in your contact center, right, how do you get to know each and every one of them? Mm-hmm. And when I've been, you know, running contact centers, I relied upon my supervisors and my and my managers to come to me and say, you know, I'm going to pick on you, Jacob. Jacob had this great idea and he shared it in chat and everybody liked it. They coached me to walk by and say hi to Jacob, get to know him and make that compliment because that connected the dots. And then suddenly I could take a question like, hey, Jacob, why'd you choose to work here? And that to me is part of this third idea is if we really want great contact centers, (laughs) we need to spend time not just thinking about the job at hand. We need to think of the job going forward. No, hundred percent. And, and also, you know, I love what you said there, your scenario, right? Where, where a manager alerts you to a team member that is adding value and you choose to prioritize some time to go make a connection based on what you were told by the person that technically answers to you. And now everyone on that org chart understands that the boss actually is listening, cares and values input and the work that's being done. So people can say all day, Hey, we have an open door policy. Hey, we have psychological safety Hey, we value everyone's work here, but what you do with your time and the way that you actually engage with situations and people as they come up will prove either you're, you know, kind of full of it and you just know the right corporate speak to say, or that those are really the values that the, both the organization and the leader has. And that translates into a belief that it's not just clock in and clock out. Right. But that this is a place where I, as a person and my career can grow. And I think that's a really critical mindset that really belongs in both sets of hands. Right. A career mindset has to be something that is enculturated by the leaders and by the company, but it also has to be something that the agent carries with them. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I, I, every contact center is going to have turnover. Right. People are going to come and they're going to find something else they want to do. Now, I will say there's some great people out here. I remember a particular contact center that I managed where our average tenure was like 22 years. Mm 
And it was phenomenal to have people who were that dedicated to their career that they stayed in that one position and just grew with the company as the company evolved. Mm -hmm. But the reality is most cases, contact centers have huge turnover and that turnover could be good or bad. And when I was running contact centers, my love for my agents was, I want to know what your career is. Why did you choose to come here? What was it about the company? What was it about the job? And I would start to look for people who wanted that next role within the company. Again, going back to what I mentioned before, it could have been marketing, could have been IT, could have been human resources, could have been maybe they wanted to be in field services or account management. And I would work to groom them based on what they told me they wanted to do, based on the amount of commitment that they were willing to put into learning new things, getting involved in other stuff. Because guess what? The more people who've been through the contact center who are in other parts of the company have that empathy for what the contact center is like, have that understanding for how the contact center is really the pulse of your customer experience and how that experience can be affected upstream and downstream. Mm -hmm. And so looking for opportunities to train your folks to understand what they want to accomplish and connect them with mentors outside the contact center just shows a huge amount of love. And you as an employee can show that love back by taking advantage of those options and then being your contact center champion in your new role. 100%. It's that two-way street, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think, unfortunately, a lot of times you get into a scenario where it's kind of a standoff where you know neither the employee nor the employer thinks the other has good things in mind. <laughs> and so nobody shows love, nobody shows respect, even it's sort of this exchange of how much can we get out of the agent or the employee uh, for the hourly wage that we give. And, and that's such a reductionist view of work, such a reductionist view of humans, right? Uh, but when you have the opportunity to engage with someone as a human and know that they have the potential to bring more value than they do today, and that you have the opportunity to be a valuable part of their life in their career growth, and we just sort of see each other that way and operate that way. And the best contact centers are those who are constantly, as you said, having good turnover. They're excited when someone moves on to the next step in their career, but they're also seeing people that want to stay in the contact center because they love the work and they feel equipped and valued in the work. Absolutely. And they're able to equip and, and value others coming through to make them better so that they can be their champions. Yeah, yeah. it's a, a great virtuous cycle when you can make it work. Yeah. And I think that one of the things I want to do with the show on a regular basis is, is I'd like to make it possible to highlight more of these stories of examples of this that, that are going on. Um, a lot of leaders you know, ironically don't want to brag on themselves in this way because it's not something that always, um, you know, gets reported and, you know, whatever. But this is an open call uh, to anybody in our audience. If you know of contact centers that are doing this well, um, we would love to have them on the show to talk about it. And because we, we all need more positive examples and there's so much that we can learn. And also because we don't want to always just talk about things that are broken. You know, ultimately, having a positive outlook on what is possible is a key component to growth, right? Yeah. Great. Um, well, gosh, um, we talked about a lot already. Um, you know, we're we're closing in on about five minutes till the end of our time. Uh, there have been so many great ideas that we've talked about here already, but um, our goal for our audience is for you to grab one or two things 
that you could adopt, that you could put into place um, small to medium mindset shifts um, that can be positive. Um, before we wrap up, though, Susie, I want to give you a chance to add anything else that's kind of out there on your mind. Yeah. So, so Rob, you talked about giving love. And um, one of the things that I've been passionate about is I love to help people reach their full potential. I'm one of those folks who is committed to be a lifelong learner. And so one of the projects that I've been working on at MCorp CX is creating training for everyone about what is customer experience. Mm. I know you've had, you and Jacob have an opportunity to preview what we're doing. Yeah. And we're in this quiet period in February where we're getting ready to officially launch the course at the end of the month. And so if people are interested in learning more about customer experience and want to improve their skill sets and potentially find that as a way for them to figure out how to contribute to another department or actually become a CX professional, of course, it's designed for anyone, right? doesn't matter what you know or what you don't know. And so um, I've given you and Jacob a coupon if you want to send folks over to the website, we, like I said, we're in quiet launch. There's still little bugs out there, but we basically have uh, taken, what is it, like $30 off the price. So instead of $129, it'll be $85. And you can take the course and let us know what you think and improve some of your own skill sets. Yeah, I, I just posted the, the link and the coupon code in the chat for everybody. Um, and I will say uh, this is a really, really solid training. I, I was privileged to get a chance to to be a part of kind of testing it out a little bit and getting to go through it. And I know it filled in a lot of gaps for me. And I think it's just something that will open eyes, even maybe for people that have been in CX for a long time, because it's so comprehensive, but it's also in plain language so that no assumptions are made about what people understand or don't understand. And that that's the best 101 style trainings, right? Because, you know, it, it's not um, big words for practitioners only. It's designed to uh, kind of get people to a point of being able to understand things. Uh, and, and, and so I do recommend it and, and it's, it's uh, a great resource. And we put that in the chat um, and thanks for offering a, a discount for our, our uh, audience as well, Susie. Um, Appreciate it. But, you know, there are a few other resources I'd like to highlight as well as we're wrapping up our time that I think personally are helpful. Um, and a couple of these are yours as well, Susie, that, that you added to the conversation, but you know, there are a lot of podcasts out there. There are a lot of, uh, online sources of content and time is limited, right? So you can't go actually consume, but so much content. And some of us are better at this than others. Um, I know one CX podcast, that has helped me a lot is doing CX right with Stacy Sherman. And you can go find that um, wherever you get your podcasts and the diversity of perspectives and guests that are adding to a very helpful conversation that Stacy very expertly cultivates and brings along really, really recommended. I would, I would also recommend a community called CX accelerator and uh, we'll, we'll put some links on the content when this comes out and Jake's putting links in the chat for me as we go along. But CX Accelerator is a great place no matter where you are in your CX journey or what your CX related role is, or if you just want to learn more about CX, it's one of those places where it's safe to ask all the questions and there's going to be support there for you no matter where your journey is. And there's a lot of expertise from a lot of specialties within CX that's represented in that group and they're a great group. Um, and then you have a couple in here as well, Susie, and I'd love for you to highlight those for our audience. 
Yeah. If you're a podcast person, one of my favorites is Hidden Brain. And you think, oh, that sounds really intellectual. But I love Hidden Brain because it talks about things like the last two episodes were about how you influence and persuade people something really important to us in the contact center. It can talk about things about uh, how we reflect upon guilt or how we uh, deal with problems in our lives. It's just it's just interesting conversations. Obviously, listen to the ones that uh, intrigue you, but I've always found them a nice 30 to 45 minute dialogue. Um, as far as rewards, A Thousand and One Ways to Reward Employees is a great book. Fantastic suggestions, simple and things to do. And then if you really want to understand the contact center better, um, in my mind, the uh, quote biblical equivalent is Brad Cleveland's work, Contact Center Management on Fast Forward. Strongly recommend the work he's doing. And to your point, there's just so many great things out there. Um, you know, find what works for you. Some are visual, some are written, some are auditory. And obviously you can YouTube away or TikTok away. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think... If anything else, we want to encourage CX leaders and agents to think about their careers and the careers of those that they might manage as something to be nurtured and cultivated and to take it seriously, to take opportunities to grow, to engage with the resources that are available and to take it seriously. And, you know, this is an opportunity on Valentine's Day to really stop, think, maybe reset a little bit. And hopefully if you're an agent and you're viewing this content, you'll take a deep breath and you'll think about showing yourself some love in the context of your career. If you're managed CX agents, you can think about some ways that you can show your agents some love. And um, I expected this to be a fun episode. I'm really glad that we could do this today, Susie. And I hope we'll get to have you on the show again. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Rob. Just remember... You can't give to others unless there's something in your own picture. So take care of yourself, love yourself, and then you can go out and be there for other people too. Best way to end it. You guys have a great Tuesday. Thanks, Susie. Take care. To listen to a recording of this and other episodes, visit vistio.io forward slash podcasts. And to join our show live each week, go to vistio.io forward slash CX live.